Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Hello, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. On this final day of the month of June, Thursday, the 30th of June, 2022. And for many of us, it is the end of the financial year, 2021-2022. And for others, it is the end of the quarter. So no matter where you are in the world and, and which, uh, which position you're sitting in, in terms of end of financial year or end of quarter, I actually trust and I hope that you are in a position that you envisage you would be at the beginning of the quarter, and you've not only uh, finishing off the year and the quarter really strong, but more importantly, you've set yourself up for a really strong start into the new quarter or the new financial year. And as we wrap up this year, uh, I was prompted for this topic by a conversation I had yesterday with a colleague in the other side of the world, and I'm going to have him on the podcast next week, and we're going to talk all things sales and uh, maybe talk about pitching in particular, but we're having a conversation last night in relation to sales and some of the some of the experiences he's been having in his uh, in his career and, and certainly what he's doing right now in terms of coaching and observing and I guess critiquing some sales teams over in the states and uh, giving some advice and giving some feedback is uh, no matter where you are in the world and no matter what sort of service you provide or product you provide or in fact what industry you're in. There is a common thread that uh, seems to go through most uh, most sales teams and most sales industries, and, and this is why sales is such a fascinating study, I believe, in human behavior and uh, and psychology, and it can be 100% predictable. And the, the example I'm going to bear out, and the, the title for this particular episode is, Are You and Your Team Drunk on Kool-Aid? And I see this a lot, and my conversation last night with, uh, with my colleague uh, sort of brought this to the surface again to say... You know what? There are so many sales teams around the world who are so caught up and fixated on their products and their services to the point where they're not actually looking at whether the customer has a need for this product or service because they're so dedicated to actually trying to retrofit their product or service into a perceived need that a customer has. And if I look at a lot of the sales training that many organizations bring in and do, the majority of that sales training is all about uh, process products, uh, heavily geared around the service and following what what they consider to be a true and tried process. But very often it misses a very fundamental component and that is the buying cycle. Uh, what are the customers actually looking for? Does the customer actually have a problem? What is the, the buyer's process? So as we wrap up this financial year in this quarter, I just wanted to put this out and put, put some thoughts out because this is something that I've believed in for many, many years and it's something that I even uh, took on when I was running sales teams uh, a number of years ago, that it's not about your product, it's not about the service. And in fact, if we just put this on the table right now, your customer and your prospective customer could not give a rat's about your product or your service. All they're interested in is potentially a solution to a problem that they know they have or a potential solution to a possible problem they may find out about having had a conversation with you. And this recent conversation last night really brought this out because my colleague has been doing a lot of uh, observations of sales teams and particularly in the organization that he's working in. It's, it's in a, a services-based industry and he's doing some observations of demos that these sales reps are doing with their marketplace. And he said one thing that's absolutely fascinating to watch is the fact that 
these sales reps are really well drilled. They are really well drilled. They know their product and their service backwards. And they're very, very slick when it comes to delivering their demo. They know exactly what they have to do, how many points to, to hit, what specific things to say. And they have a certain uh, time limit and time criteria. But he said the fascinating part about it is there's no space for breath. There's no space for the opportunity for the customer to ask questions. There's no preamble. There's no investigative work up front to see whether there's actually a qualification for this particular customer. They're going straight into the demonstration, thinking that the demonstration will be the elixir that will solve all of the customer's problems. Now, the thing to understand is this particular organization has a very, very good product and their conversion rate, because I asked, I asked the question, what's the conversion rate like? And he said, well, it's actually pretty good. It's about 20%. Uh, which in that that particular industry is is probably pretty good. But we were talking about the fact that how, how much that could be improved if there was a few small changes, well, in some cases, some big changes that these sales reps were actually making in, in relation to their demos. Now, whether it's demos or whether it's just investigative work, whether it's the preamble, whether it's the qualification process, most salespeople, unfortunately, spend too much time drinking their own Kool-Aid and they get they get drunk on it. They literally get drunk on it. The best product we've got, we've got the best service. And what they do is they, they work their butts off to try and compare themselves to other providers and put themselves on a pedestal, often at the expense of the other providers to try and convince customers, to try and cajole customers to buy into the fact that they have the best product or the best service. And what they're forgetting is the customer at the end of the day could not care less. And so for this, but these particular sales guys doing these demos, they get to the end of their 30 minutes or 45 minutes and it's a very professional professional demonstration. And the software that they're using to, to use it, to demonstrate it, is phenomenal, never breaks down. It's always it's very, very impressive. But at the end of the day, there's no real opportunity for the customer to contest it, to ask questions, to put in anything other than, and this is designed obviously by the sales team, to, to say yes. And so the, the actual demonstration is a very, very one-way demonstration and to the point where the organization just believes so much in their product that they're not even open to the fact that potentially there might be some other problems that they could be solving if they had have spent some time up front talking to the customer and really understanding what it is that the customer is actually looking for. So we had a fascinating conversation and we're going to have a, a, a podcast episode next week when we're talking about pitching and no idea how, how this is going to go and what sort of topics we're going to talk about. But suffice to say, I'm sure that we're going to talk about the fact that your customers are not interested in your product and we have to work our butts off to try and uh, understand what problems, if they have problems, what problems the customer has that we might have a solution for. And it reminds me back in the day when I was at Telstra, I had a number of conversations with marketing people who, let's just put it on the table, they'd never been in sales before. They were very good at putting nice fluffy diagrams together and nice fluffy brochures together and thinking about, wow, we've got the best products and best services. Their fixation on the fact that salespeople got, in their eyes, paid so well for doing pretty much nothing because they believe that the product sold itself. And they, their thought process was, I'm not sure why we have a sales team in the first place, because our products are that good, you should have customers uh, lining up around the street to try and buy our products. In fact, fighting over each other to try and buy the products, and that simply doesn't happen. And so, the key message out of today's episode that I want to, I want to, I want you to get as a sales leader, particularly if you're a, an aspiring sales leader, thinking about how you can build a sales leadership career that really has some longevity, is just ask yourself the question: Am I and have I? suffered from getting drunk on the company 
Kool-Aid. Now you just have to look at all the sales conferences that people go to, all the product launches, all the internal stuff that people go to that is very, very heavily focused on how good we are as an organization. And just ask, how much time and attention are we placing on the external marketplace? Are we actually doing due diligence? Are we actually understanding from a customer's perspective, do they have a fundamental problem that we might be able to solve with a solution? And so as a sales leader, one of the, the biggest levels of responsibility we have is, is not so much just to train our team in how to be more effective, but it really is to set ourselves up to challenge our team at every opportunity, but also challenge our company and ask over and over and over again two very important words, which forms a very powerful question. And that question is, so what? Now, that is a, is a question that is, it might, when you hear that for the first time, you might think, wow, so what? That might come across as being critical or condescending or judgmental. Please understand that this, this question is a very powerful question that enables us, certainly as sales leaders, and by default sales teams to question all the stuff that we're putting on the table, all the things we're trying to influence our customers to do or convince our customers to do, if we put it through the filter of so what, it forces us to start thinking a little bit more in the eyes of the customer to think, okay, I've got this fantastic product which has these magnificent features. The question of so what forces us to now start thinking about, well, what does this mean therefore for a customer? And so doing a demonstration, for example, rather than doing a 45-minute demonstration from go to woe, thinking that just the demonstration will impress the customer to the point where they will lean in and they'll actually want to buy and then offer their credit card, asking the question, so what, up front, means we can start breaking up a presentation, we can start breaking up a pitch and start doing it in bite-sized chunks and create an opportunity where there is a two-way dialogue because we might think we've got a fantastic feature of a product that we might be able to articulate into a benefit, but there's no point actually putting that on the table if we can't verify that with a customer by asking the question, so what? And sometimes you might actually put a benefit on the table or a feature on the table and then ask the customer, so from your perspective, what are you thinking about this? How does this potentially solve the issue? Is this what you're looking for? In other words, you're asking the question, so what? And what this does, it forces us to be a little bit more realistic, a little bit more pragmatic, and a little bit less, um, uh, let's just say, evangelical, which is what a lot of salespeople and sales teams can actually become when they're selling their products, that they can now create a space between themselves and their customers. And I've spoken a lot to sales teams, and I've recorded a couple of episodes about this, that often the best salespeople are the ones that can create the need or can identify a problem that a customer has better than they can, which therefore means the customer must think, that we have a solution to that problem. So we'll be doing them a disservice if we didn't at least share what the possible solution to that problem is. But the great salespeople are able to then take that away and, and force the customer to qualify themselves as to why they should be considered to take on this particular product or service. So literally the salesperson is taking away the product or the service from the customer. Now what this does from a psychological point of view, if the customer can really match the problem that they've got with the solution that we have to provide, the natural behavior from them is they want to lean forward and they want to actually want that even more. But what often happens is as a salesperson, we see the, the eyes light up. We see the facial expressions change and we think, oh my God, I've got a live one here. So I've got to try and close this. And many salespeople often will continue to close the sale after the close is actually being done and they're not paying attention to... <laughs> 
the responses of the customer. And so what they start doing is they keep talking. They keep talking about the features and benefits. They want to show something else. So in the case of a demo, in this particular example we talked about last night, a 45-minute demo, if there's something that comes up in the first five minutes where the customer says, hey, this is definitely going to solve our problem, then stop the demo. It's not about doing the full 45 minutes, even though the KPIs might say they have to. It's about finding a solution for a problem that the customer has and giving them that solution. Now, if it's done in the first five minutes, done. Then the customer gets what they want and the salesperson needs to shut up. So as as we wrap up this particular episode, what I want you to think about as we lead into a brand new financial year and a brand new quarter is just consider that am I as a sales leader, am I influenced by the quality or the perceived quality of the products and services? And therefore, am I drinking too much of the Kool-Aid from my own organization to the point where I'm starting to get drunk on it? And by default, is my sales team doing this as well? Because remember that your sales team is always going to be a reflection of you. Now, one thing I'm not saying, and and let's get this really clear, is I'm not saying you don't have to like your product and you don't have to believe in your product. Because you do. You have to believe in your product and you have to believe in what, what that product can do and what that service can do for your customers and for your marketplace. But you've got to not get so caught up in how good your product is or how how good your product is perceived to be because at the end of the day, your customer does not care. So resist the temptation to talk about you and your product because your customer is not interested in that. What they're interested in is themselves, their business, and how their business has moved forward and whether or fact you might be able to help them in order to do that. So that means if you and your team are finding yourself speaking more than 50% about yourself and how good your products are and how good your services are and you find yourself trying to convince customers as to why they should take on your product, then we need to fundamentally change our approach. And I'd be suggesting that 80% of your conversation needs to be all about your customer, if not even more. So it's not about you, it is all about your customer. Now, this might cause some internal friction within your organization because you may well have some product specialists, you might have some product owners, you might have some senior executives who are asking you to do demonstration to hit certain KPIs, to go and talk about certain products and solutions so you can tick a box. Please resist the temptation because at the end of the day, it is not about your product and it is not about your service. So please do not get drunk and do not continue to get drunk on the Kool-Aid. What you want to get drunk on is you want to get drunk on the possibility of creating a solution for a customer, which means get, get drunk on the customer's problem. When you can do that, when you put yourself in the in the shoes of the customer, then everything fundamentally changes. So I trust that message helps and trust that message resonates. Uh, I also trust that that message is a little bit challenging because I know for a fact there'll be people listening to this right now who are a little bit squirmish because they know they've been out there talking to their customers and they're talking far too much about themselves, about their product, and about their company. Switch it around and just watch what happens. So as we wrap up this episode, if you'd like some help with either your sales team in terms of pitching, sales training, negotiation, or anything that does has to do with creating some uh, change in the marketplace and incentivizing your customers to take proactive action in the products and services that you provide, but it will not be product training. Love the opportunity of having a conversation with you and as well, love to have the opportunity of talking with you about working with you one-on-one and helping you become an exceptional sales leader, developing more meaning in your role, significantly better sales results, but also sales results that become not only replicable, but also sustainable. Simply go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation, 
put a plan together and start on the execution of that plan. So very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on another brand new episode tomorrow of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.